0: Welcome to Out to Lunch, the podcast where great chat and great food meet and we risk getting gravy down our shirts. Joining me this week is a comedian, writer and actor known for a terrible brown suit, a thick black beard and an eye-widening line in hilarious if awkward surreal ordinariness. In 2006 he won the Hackney Empire New Act of the Year. He went on to perform an equally awkward and brilliant comedy duo alongside Diane Morgan and has performed everywhere from the Edinburgh Festival to Live at the Apollo. Alongside that he's acted in comedies like him and her, Miranda and Afterlife, and he's a diehard regular on comedy TV panel shows such as 8 Out Of 10 Cats. It's the brilliant Joe Wilkinson.
1: Yeah, it's quite nice to just be yourself and be uh, be honest, because everything else I do is a complete and utter lie.
0: Is your life an entire lie,
1: Joe? I feel like it is.
0: <laughs> I mean, you don't have to treat this as lunch, just as therapy. Um, <laughs> So we're standing in Street in London, Soho, for a very good reason. We always ask our guests if they have dietries, by which we mean, do they eat meat, are they gluten intolerant, do they eat dairy, that sort of thing. So we asked Joe Wilkinson for his dietaries and he just came back and said, I'd like to eat Mexican. Oh, right, okay. that's very, very specific, Joe. Well, I have brought him to somewhere that serves very good Mexican food. It's called El Pastor. It's sort of a taqueria, but with a whole bunch of other things thrown in besides. The original Zimbara Market, I reviewed it and loved it, and now I've come to this much bigger one that opened earlier this year. Joe Wilkinson, wanted Mexican, he's bloody got Mexican, and we've got the whole of the basement to ourselves. Hello. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Look at this, have a seat. Hi, hello. This is uh, Manu, who's going to serve hello, us. Hello Manu, how are you? Thank you. Fine, how are you? Very well, thank you. I'd you like love sparkling if I might. So would I. Um, and we have some guacamole with some You're topos, not... or you can call them tortilla chips. Quick first question, you have quite regularly referenced chicken Kievs oh, yeah, in your comedy. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you describe for me the appeal of the Chicken Kiev? Or as, as, wow. is it just as a, as a culinary item no, or well, almost an item of comedy?
1: Well, the, I do love Chicken Kiev, but it has a special place in my heart because when I started going out with my missus, Yeah. The first meal she ever cooked me was Chicken Kiev
0: chips and peas. Which is the meal you've referenced on a yeah, number of yeah, occasions. Yeah. And it stuck. Well, when she told me
1: she was making it for me, I thought she was joking. I don't know why I thought she was joking, I just thought she was being funny. And I turned up and then... Um, we had chicken, she had chips, and peas. And we have it regularly.
0: Does she make it from scratch or is it Sains- no, no, Sainsbury's? No. Sainsbury's of the difference. <laughs> job? We do. It
1: we, we, we used to be Tesco's, then it was Sainsbury's. Now it's what he
0: well, that's clearly a sign, actually. <laughs> yeah, things were. Used to be Tesco's, then it was Sainsbury's, then <laughs> yeah, it was Wager. Yeah, 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 so, so going you the can, right can, way. Can we plot Joe Wilkinson's <laughs> successful career yeah, <laughs> through the source of the chicken kiosk.
1: <laughs> when I'm back down to Sainsbury's, I'll let you know, and then eventually back down to It's going to go that way
0: at some point, isn't it? back down to Tesco's own. And we have a menu. Are mm-hmm. there any specials? So, yes, we do have three specials today. We have a crab to which is maybe the way the white part of the crab. We have uh, octopus and pork taco. Oh, um, and we have fried chicken tacos as well. Do you
1: have any allergies in Any what, sorry? Any allergies? Uh, penicillin.
0: <laughs> that's... It, it, it's unlikely to be an issue. I'm right. hoping.
1: okay. Unless, and,
0: you know, the whole day goes really badly and, for And
1: it. horses. <laughs> mm. um, oh,
0: should we get the crab special?
1: I was going to say, do,
0: would you like to order for me? Do you trust me? Yeah. Okay.
1: I've always wanted to say that to someone who knows.
0: Do you... Um, Alright. If we get the, the crab um, and the sea bass ceviche. And then, do you like pork and not... Oh, yeah, it?
1: I'll literally eat anything is it? All right, the carnitas.
0: But could we also get the fried chicken taco? Oh, I love this. absolutely love this. It's Brilliant. I love it. There you no, go. Thank you. thank you. That was really exciting. You've said once that you'll never be interviewed on camera as anything other than the persona you're known for. Yeah, I changed my mind on that. Have I? you? Yeah, well. Because I, I was wondering who yeah. the hell I'm talking no, to. No,
1: no, I, I did that for years because I thought I had this thought that be known for one thing when I'm, you know, not acting, whatever. Sort of this persona thing that I'd invented. And then I realized that people didn't give a hoot when you sort of, uh, when you're yourself as well. And so I've done a few things recently where I've just been interviewed as myself. Oh, it's quite, yeah, it's quite nice to, to be yourself and be, uh, be honest. Because everything else I do is a complete and utter lie.
0: Is your life an entire lie,
1: Joe? It's, I feel like it is.
0: <laughs> I mean, you don't have to treat this as lunch, just as therapy. Um, <laughs> I went back, as I want to do. And I mm. watched some stand-up you did at Outside the Box. Now, the material, what I call the droll, the, you know, mm. very dry, mm. the absurd... What was striking to me about it is that while the character, the personality Mm. was there, you were dressed in what Mm. I would call normal clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did the, I'm gonna use pejoratives here, (laughs) the terrible dog shit brown (laughs) suits happen? And how many of them do you have? I have one. Jesus God. And I've had
1: it for, right, I'll tell you how it came about. I, I used to do a double act with Diane Morgan called two episodes of M.A.S.H. And we did a couple of Edinburgh shows, and um, let's say they, they, were, they were reviewed averagely. We had this attitude, we didn't give a shit,
0: you know, which is you Was, that, was that a principle, an underlying principle well, to what was, you did, it, it not was, giving a shit?
1: It was. It, it's a way of surviving, really. But it's also, we sort of projected it. We sort of said, um, you know, we sort of told the audience we really didn't mind if they left or whatever. My friend Alistair's sort of shown He said he really liked it. He goes, but people believe you don't care. So the following year, we got a director in Stefan Golonewski, who wrote him and her and Mum and he's, lots of stuff. Yeah, he's incredible. He did, we just got him at the right time before he, the world caught up with him. And he got expensive.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. He basically said, "We need to show the audience that you care, so they won't know, but they'll go, go, oh, right. They've put they've put effort in. They just.'" what they're saying contradicts what I see. So he basically put Diane in a sort of ball gown and me said, he said, have you got anything smart? So I bought one suit in, because I only had one suit. And he started laughing. I put it on and he started laughing. He says, it's amazing, where'd you get that? And I was like, Burton's, what are you on about?
0: And was it this, it, the brown suit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you... he said,
1: he thought it was like a, like a- A comedy suit? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, he goes, that hangs so badly on <laughs> you. I was like, does it? And he went, yes, yeah, perfect. And then that year, the reviews were amazing, everyone came. And just that sort of showing the audience that we cared sort of made all the difference. So and I'm, then I carried on wearing the suit. I don't,
0: I don't want to kind of obsess about the suit, but I am slightly obsessed no, by okay. the suit. So it, it's played an important part in your career now mm. for 15 years.
1: Yeah, we're still together, still hanging back. Well, that's by the point,
0: because this is the information that I think mm. listeners to our challenge want. How is the crotch holding up? Particularly
1: it's, at that it's, point where the legs rub. The, it's, it's threadbare. It's honestly it threadbare. The shirt, I wish I'd bought the shirt. That is unb- in an unbelievable state. There's no armpits.
0: There's no armpits no, no
1: armpits, I still wear it. You know strippers have, you know they have a shirt which is just that bit at the front? A bib? Yeah, like the bib bit. Cause they, and then they rip it off and you see the rest. It's a sort of, it's only slightly bigger than that without the body that deserves it deserves. Oh, God, yeah, I'm really thinking about that. It's sort of off-putting, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry that... Uh, you it was, brought it up in my I movie. did, I did. <laughs> but the character... Mm. ..who wears that shirt and that yes. suit and that tie... Yes. Who is he?
1: My friend if I talk to about comedy a lot. He basically said, it's a man who, if he was real, wouldn't, wouldn't survive in the world. He'd just die somewhere, basically, because he's curious, but... He talked about the comedy of it being like observational material like Michael McIntyre that absolutely no one can relate to.
0: He's an outsider who doesn't recognize his yeah, outsider yeah, status. A-
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No...
0: Oh There's some food coming.:
1: Hello. Oh, Good Lord, look at Thank
0: you. that. i see Brilliant. Thank, yeah. you. thank you. Right, well, I'll go for that one. How do you, eat? It? how do you, right. Uh, wait this... Carefully and then wait to see it go down your front.
1: Oh, is that, so there's no, yeah. I thought you were gonna tell me how I would stop I have it nothing going to down.
0: tell you, Joe. Do you ever worry that the, the character is less framed than prison?
1: I think if you, you see the best people, you can give them a Mr. Man name. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Rob Beckett is, you know, Mr. Working Class, do you know what I mean? So they've got this angle. And all the best ones have, like, John's Mr. Neurotic. You know, you know, John Richardson. Yeah. All the best ones have an angle. And if you've got your comet angle, you can give any of these... You can give Rob Beckett, Catherine Ryan... You know, because Catherine Ryan's like... She's Miss Showbiz, you know. She's, she's elegant, you know. So each of them... She's high status. So each of them have got their angle on any subject.
0: You've just been touring Britain with Catherine Ryan, haven't you?
1: I've just filmed a show with her. Yeah. It's like a silly... Um, Travel show. should should know what it's called. I've just done it for seven weeks. Well, I haven't done a lot of shows where it's just been two people for, like, seven, eight weeks. You suddenly go, God, if I didn't... If we found out we didn't actually get on, this would It'd be... It would be hell. It would be absolute hell. But I loved her. And I, I couldn't get enough... What, what's the premise
0: on. for the, the show, When not
1: it? Basically, I'm making her rough it, because f- we're from the different ends of the spectrum, basically. So it's the angle that we all know Catherine as this five-star, you know, Hollywood glam and i make her go to the arse end of holidays basically
0: and did this require you to wear the suit and the shirt and the tie for (laughs) day after day after day
1: i went more as myself and i was i was somewhere in the middle i think you know like it was too that the the persona thing is too you can't live it it's pure madness if you you know lived and breathed so it was a kind of
0: well, that was kind of what I was asking you, where mm. there were limitations to what it could...
1: Yeah, well then, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I, wouldn't, want, I wouldn't want to do something like this. Like, uh, I, it's in the framework of where it, des- where it should be, like, like on Countdown and stuff like that. Because it's sort of acting, you know, it's really acting as a different person. Whereas this, I wouldn't want to have a conversation in, because you go, well, none of this is real. The things like this work because they're real and people are having real conversations.
0: The beard. Oh yeah. In 2011, in him and her. Oh yes. Sir. Which is sort of a comedy drama thing,
1: written by Stefan Koniewski. Yep.
0: You got it shaved off. There you're is a right. video of you getting shaved. Is that? Yeah, you were in it, and you're talking to the camera.
1: <laughs> I can't remember that.
0: Oh, it's probably the uh, crystal meth days. Yeah, Joe. that does ever. A... Um, you go through various phases. Oh, As half I... it comes off. Uh, the first bit is Charles Manson. You've got the Charles Manson, and then I it comes have, off, and you go. Did we do Hitler as you well? You do Hitler, yes. I and then we it would. turns out that you've got the hair perfectly to do <laughs> Hitler. You hold in Hitler for quite a long while. I've got to be honest. That's my thing. And then you get rid of it um, altogether. Was it psychologically difficult? I'd had a beard for quite
1: a while. Yeah, it was. It was. St- I remember Stefan writing it and asking me, like, if I'd do it, and like. I'd basically do anything for Stefan because I think he's a genius. That was the first job I ever did, like acting job or anything, which was, looking back, was sort of really being thrown in the deep end. And um, I was talking to David about it, who, my friend, and I was saying, um, oh, looking back, like Richard Laxon, the director, was very clever at kind of basically telling me to do something differently because it wasn't right. And I never... I never noticed. Like, that was his genius, because, like, him and her was essentially five characters. And that's, when you're one of the five, that's a hell of a big...
0: You've got a lot to carry.
1: Yeah. And especially if it's your first job. But, you know, any your 20th job it's a lot but obviously naivety is a great thing so I was like oh that's nice I'm in a telly show I also remember thinking I was going to get paid about 2 million (laughs) pounds because I had no idea that telly doesn't pay 2 million pounds and then um, yeah he was really clever because it was all about truth it's all about kind of just trusting that when something's truthful it's funny like it's not about making the people in the set laugh Right. And it's just I remember, like, we were just talking, because we've done a lot more stuff now and, and been on the other side of the camera and sort of seen how directors work with other... And I was like, oh, God, yeah, he was having a nightmare with me. But <laughs> like I didn't... Because I didn't have a clue. And he, he was re- very, very kind the way he sort of, like, got, got me to do it better than I was doing it, and that's quite a skill.
0: Does it surprise you how deep into that you've got? Because there's a lot of dramas you've been in, a lot of mm. stuff.
1: It wasn't right. planned, no, it wasn't planned.
0: It was, I, You didn't I, want to be an actor?
1: No, no, I'd ne- I did stand-up, and then I wanted to do some sketch stuff, which I ended up doing with Diane Morgan, who's a brilliant actor.
0: How did you meet Diane Morgan? Sorry. On a
1: circuit. We actually did a little comedy course, like 2003 in Camden, and we met there, and then we just remained friends. We had a sort of similar outlook on comedy, and... Uh, and then we just started doing stuff together and she had already been an actor, had acted in a few things, not a lot of stuff, not like she's now, like everyone wants her now. She was sort of, but like, took people ages to realise how good she was. So by the time we were, like, no one was interested in either of us. And so we, you know, we did Edmund and stuff. And she, so that, I did a bit, like, she sort of, sort of showed me the ropes, because, you know, sketch stuff is essentially acting. But that's all I'd done, really, with her, basically. And then I, um... And then I auditioned for him and her, basically. And that was it.
0: Do you enjoy that process?
1: Auditioning? No.
0: No auditioning, acting. Um, I can't imagine anybody actually enjoys an audition. Some people are
1: brilliant at it. God knows how. It's awful. Um... Oh, uh, yeah, I do like acting. I like... It's, um... It's really liberating when it's someone else's stuff. And you can just concentrate on your your bit. It's quite stressful when it's your stuff.
0: But is I it always think... reaching for you to play a version of the character that we know you for?
1: Um, I think I think everyone everyone sort of has a a natural kind of oh, that person does a really good, and i think I think you're. That's fine, you know. That's fine. You're like, I think I'm naturally. People naturally think of me as like, thank you. The, the odd, could be the odd guy, you know. Right. Um, but like him and hers character, Dan. You asked me earlier about if it's based on anyone the, the persona thing I do. That isn't. But Dan was a hundred percent based on someone I met, who. Basically, came up to me after a gig, and was that person, basically, and it was it was um it just really stuck with me and then um, when um when I was asked to audition to play Dan, I kind of did that person basically and um he, he was quite a big guy, but he was just waiting for the world to shit on him and tell him he was useless basically and that 's what I did and i hadn't hadn 't done that character before. Anything. Anyway, it was the first time I did it. It was in that audition, and I later found out that Stefan had written me in mind for that part, even though I hadn't done that character or whatever. So it was kind of mine to lose, which I'm so glad I didn't know about because that would have been awful. Like, um, but then he, he he didn't yeah he didn't um, tell me or anyone, and then I got the part, which was lucky, thank God. And then and then you know,
0: and that started another. Shape to your career, didn't it? It's
1: yeah, to say. yeah. It's, um, action's really something that was. Um, I always feel blown away when I'm doing it, like, like when I'm there and I'm going, blood hell, Why am, am I an actor? Oh my god, am I shit? That's mental. Like that, I still feel very much about like that, and I don't, I don't, I don't go out my way to say I'm an actor. If I'm honest, I'm, I'm always slightly reticent to say like people say oh, you know be an actor and i'm i'm lit i'm less comfortable with that title than I, I i i i feel more you know when people say oh you're you're a comedian aren't you i'm sort of i'm okay with that but i'm less okay with that because i i feel like because the way i feel when i'm doing it i'm still baffled i'm like bloody hell oh, this is madness isn't it
0: Thank so, you. this is for the carlitos, it's onion, coriander, and limes. Oh. So, the easiest oh. way to do the taco is just grab the tortilla, put a bit of the sauce especial, then carlitos, then onion, coriander, and the pichot, a pinch of lime if you want.
1: Wonderful, thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Take a tortilla.
1: I was crunching a... Uh, was crunching's crunching, fine. I, I was crunching a pull scratching, but I couldn't hear what it was saying. Okay. I was
0: crunching. So uh, uh, well, just be comedy gold. Just see what you can do then. <laughs> yeah. What was the plan when you were a kid? Did you have something that um, you you thought you were going to do? Was it always this?
1: No, no. Right, I what? was obsessed with comedy. Yeah. You were? Yeah, yeah, M- me and my brother, absolutely obsessed. Like we had a, we had a telly upstairs, little, Black and White telly, and that's where we watched Friday Night Live stuff that's coming back. I remember that, really, and Dangerous Brothers was like the thing. We'd watch it, all their stuff was great, but it was all about the Dangerous Brothers, um, Ade Edmondson and McMahon. When I got older, I kind of, I found stand-up clubs and whatever.
0: First open mic?
1: First open mic was in Ballham in South London. Banana. It wasn't at the Banana, but at the venue the Banana. I had a Tuesday night open spot night, and I got to know the guy, Ed Bulls, who sadly passed away now. He, I got to know him, and he to sort of let me in for free, and I used to watch every Tuesday. And then one day he just said to me, what do you want to do? Do you want to do?
0: What, had you told him that you? No,
1: no, I never, t- I, didn't, I didn't tell anyone I was doing stand-up for about two years, basically. I did it. For two years and didn't tell anyone. But so I just went. I didn't tell anyone. I was going to this club on a Tuesday night. I was just watching and saw everyone basically come through there at that time. I mean, if
0: anybody doesn't know, the Banana Club in Balham, whichever room it was, was yeah. one of the key spots yeah, in London.
1: Yeah, it still is. I think it's yeah. still it's still one of the you know everyone does it. So then he said, "Look, do you want to have a go?" And I saw her, "Yeah, yeah." And he booked me in. It was like six months later. Because the thing about when you do open spots is the hardest thing is getting a gig. You like you can't, like now, if you've done a bit of stuff, like, you can do a gig tonight, tomorrow night, whatever. But the time, he goes, so it was like, I remember that was like maybe September, and he said, January the 4th, do you? <laughs> or something like that, you know.
0: So the upside, it, I mean, the downside is that you've got to think about it. Yeah, it was like... The upside is all, you've got to think about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. It wasn't happening straight away, but it was like hanging over me like a, a cloud. And then... Got to the gig, the day of the gig. And uh, I remember walking to the gig and I just didn't want to do it. So I come out of the tube and I saw the, the, the venue. My heart sunk. And I said to myself, I just wanted a way out. And I said to myself, if no one, if no one texts me from the walk to the station to there, I won't do it. I don't know why if I don't. If you
0: don't it. receive a text uh, in those three, four minutes. Yeah, I won't do it. You gig. won't do it. I just won't go in. And oh, that's pretty magical thinking, isn't it? You, <laughs> yeah, you, you would attach value to yeah. nobody paying you any attention yeah, I just wanted, in a four-minute gap.
1: Yeah, I wanted that, you know, it was, and we didn't text that much in those days, and I got three-quarters of the way through it. My friend Nicola Cunningham texted me some nonsense, and I had to do it. Oh, I was gutted. I was gutted.
0: <laughs> How do people react to you when they come across you on the street?
1: There's definitely a a slight, not disappointment. I've had people say, "Oh, you, oh, you're quite normal." I remember Russell Howard used to support Russell Howard on tour, and he, you know, he's got millions and millions of fans. And he said it. He goes, he said, "It's best if they don't meet you because you're only going to be a disappointment." You know, they see him on stage for an hour and a half. they have been really funny, really energetic, you know, doing all these different characters and whatever and then you meet him afterwards, and he's sort of going off You know, thank you for coming and it doesn't care. You know, that's that's this I, bit.
0: I did one of those things. You know how if you google someone's name with the word is in front of them, so Is Jay Rayner? Well, I've got to be honest. The first one with me is is Jay Rayner married? Right. Well, i see you in Google. Yeah, it like, yeah, like, will oh, throw oh, up oh, well, oh, the most search
1: oh, things. Oh, God. Oh, God. Do you do it with me?
0: Yeah. Oh, shit. Here we go. You know? Oh, I
1: don't know actually.
0: So the, the first <laughs> one that comes up with you is: Is Joe Wilkinson still married? Still
1: married? Flip here now. That's brutal, isn't it? So just... people type
0: that a lot. Is that why it
1: comes up a lot?
0: Yeah, that's, that, that would be. No. Uh, one, Well, at the time when I was searching, that wow. was the. Wow. Uh...
1: <laughs> How do I feel about that? Oh, do you know what I felt first of all? I was like, yeah, yeah, I still am.
0: Like, like I'd won <laughs> yep, or something, yep, like, yep, I haven't won. Yep, she hasn't got
1: rid of me. People that are asking, that's brutal. Wow. Do you remember the others? I'm really fascinated.
0: All right, well, it's actually, th- so you'll be happy to know, okay. Go on. Um, it, looking <laughs> at it here, no. It's, is Joe Wilkinson still married? Is actually the third search. Oh,
1: worst! Well, so big. the
0: first one is: Is Joe Wilkinson married? That might be out of you know you curiosity. Be, why are people
1: obsessed like... if people are married? Well, there are two <laughs>
0: possibilities, Joe. Either it's because they fancy you. Oh well, it's what's or the other it's one? The, then? It's the opposite that yeah, they can't yeah. imagine yeah, anybody yeah, would was, want yeah, to spend. Yeah. That, Makes a lot um, more sense. So I go through these. <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, is Joe Wilkinson vegan? Well, I can answer that as he fills his <laughs> soft tortilla. I've with... got
1: a wave of guilt, then wave of proper
0: guilt like, as I eat pork. Is Joe Wilkinson related to Fabio? <laughs> <laughs> I have not, uh, and I, I should, having uh, done my research, know what that's about. Uh, but I, don't. I
1: have right. I've been very lucky enough to do a Channel Four show countdown. Yes, for. Guys, getting on ten years, and many moons ago, I had this idea that I have this really attractive, hunky half brother, and uh, I brought him on. He's mute, and uh, I just basically he. I go to my half brother, Fabio. That was the sort of joke. I can't remember what we did exactly. And then I've, got, I've used him every show right. ever since. He's called Rob. He's a lovely, lovely man. He's, he, has, he has an ability not to laugh. He is he's incredible. And we, we know, we're friends and everything. But he is now known. He can't, you know, he goes about, and he has photos with people as Fabio. He's a, he's a thing, he's an entity now. But he's, he was just a random hunky guy. And he comes on in little pants. He's got an incredible body. It's, you, can't, you can't stand next to him for too long, because it really does not have um, confidence. <coughs> That's, still married. Get your head around that.
0: The writing process, there's two parts, I think, to what you do. Mm. There is your, the, the character, Joe Wilkinson, but you write and produce a lot of stuff yourself, don't you?
1: Yeah, we write. I write um, sitcom stuff with David L. Who's a brilliant comedian and the same guy I do the Chaeauvi podcast with. and do
0: you literally do you don't do that every morning yeah is? every
1: morning yeah yeah it's pure madness it's maddening <laughs> it's, it's what <laughs> time uh, about eight thirty every day yeah it's it's beyond the pile of
0: us <laughs> I mean how long are the episodes for anybody who hasn't listened uh, I have listened to it well we
1: they can be quite long. We can do like about an hour and a half sometimes. But then sometimes they're like 25 minutes. But I'd say gen- sometimes we have, we have like some people we have, we've got like a weatherman who comes on and a few other people. But a lot of the time it's just us talking. And every time I go, what? I've got nothing to say. Every morning I've got nothing to say.
0: Some, a slight obsession with Rob Beckett.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one episode <laughs> I
0: listened to, and I was actually fascinated, because Rob <laughs> was sitting in on Radio 2.
1: We're <laughs> slightly obsessed with being, like, proper... If we could be proper, like, DJs, you know, like, Radio 1, Radio 2 DJs, because, I'll be honest with you, there's a, there's a lot of umming, in ours and, uh, and huffing and sniffing, and... If you took out the ums, they would be about 11 minutes long, apps.
0: How long have you been doing it literally every morning?
1: I'd say it's about 18, 19 months. Like, we did, we did a sitcom last year called um, The Cockfields, and I was playing one of the leagues, and David was hugely involved with the directing side, and he wasn't directing, Simon Hyde was brilliant, but he was advising, so he was sort of producing it. And, and we did it every day. That process, which I look back, which was madness, because we were doing it at about half past five in the morning, and then going on set, doing a full day's like filming, and then we were, <laughs> we're doing it, and I was looking back and I'm going, "Why did we do that? Why didn't we just have six weeks off? That was insane!" In the middle of our own sitcom, we decided we'd just carry on doing it, and then, yeah, that's when we thought, "Well, if we go on holiday or something, let's not do it." So.
0: So now you're allowing yourself breaks?
1: Yeah, but it's you have rare. to signpost
0: for your yeah, uh, yeah. legion of yeah, so loyal ch- listeners. Our
1: chatter biscuits, as we call them. They're <laughs> oh, God. so embarrassed by the name of our podcast. So embarrassing. We chose the name of the podcast on the first day of doing it. Well, David did. The whole idea came from he wanted to be a breakfast DJ without any of the real responsibility, basically. So that's why we do it every morning. And he decided it'd be funny to call it Chattavix. And then the reality of having to say, what's your po- podcast?
0: Like- It dawned on you. Yeah, it's
1: horrible, yeah. it's feel like a prat, basically. That's his fault.
0: i talking over food. I have oh to ask God, you. So, so obviously you, you won your round of bake-off. Yeah, uh,
1: yes I did. Thank you for bringing it up.
0: Gherkins? Love are gherkins. are they really a big thing in your I, life?
1: I do love a gherkin, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, well this is- like 40 can, a day sometimes? Is that basically clearing a whole jar?
1: I haven't cleared a whole jar, because I have someone in my life to tell me to stop, I think. That's, that's the difference. You're still married? I am, <laughs> I am still, I repeat, I am still... I know it's hard to believe people that use Google, which uh, sadly is everyone. Mm. I am still married. Um, I loved doing Bake Off. I met some really lovely people. Lo- I loved Jeremy Paxman. He's, he's a pantomime villain. He's a yeah. really lovely man.
0: Did you <laughs> really practice in advance? Yeah,
1: yeah I did, yeah.
0: Was got, that out of c- competition or not wanting to look a dick on screen or well, what? I, well,
1: there was two things. I thought I thought everyone would do that. And secondly, I thought it would go against sort of type a bit. If you could do it? If I could do it, yeah. And then I found out everyone else hadn't done anything. <laughs> so people kind of, not to burst anyone's bubble, but it was more about them having not done anything than my skill, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, you're, you're a... a final winning sig- uh, signature yes. showstopper yes. was a chocolate orange cake modelled on your own ass. Yeah. And you complained about never having won Rear of the Year. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you think, actually, <laughs> it's another competition that you haven't won. Another, <laughs> another poll. Um, and I'm slightly embarrassed about it because I have. You've won beard really of the year. No, no, oh. I've won beard of the year.
1: Oh, oh, have you?
0: And I, hell, I'm ashamed. Sorry, I saw. So no, sorry. it's fine. It's it's a podcast. Right. Well, no, um, anybody who's listened to, I lost my
1: temper there. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry well, like,
0: it's kind of. So sorry. I have told this story before, I think, on Out to Lunch, but I'm going to quickly tell it again. So it's a beard of the year is run by uh, the self-styled leader of the Beard Liberation Front, Keith Flett, a regular right. correspondent to the Guardian, and he, ha- he's old school, paints old school. So beard of the year, he's got a big beard. Right. And he'd run it for a number of years, and I noticed, I think it was like 2010, 2011, coming up to Christmas, between Christmas and New Year. He'd gone to Twitter with it, and that the shortlist was me. Okay. Rowan Williams, the Archbishop of Canterbury, and Brian Blessed. Now, no
1: chance, no chance. No chance? No chance, except, you're out of your
0: depth. Except, mate, in those days, the Church of England hadn't got its Twitter, social media. Oh. Uh, but they're kicking themselves now in, aren't they? in place, and nor had Brian blessed Although Brian blessed would later become quite a figure <laughs> on Twitter and I was doing all right on Twitter in that in those early uh, days I, I had a, a mighty so you know, took 25
1: sideways 000. in and
0: you? I I suddenly said to my my Twitter following this is being voted for online vote for me Wow, and I took it and I took some
1: big boys down there. I took
0: I you know I took some serious beers, wow. and I actually am quite ashamed to sit in front of you
1: well mine's just, literally my I stood in the garden 2 days ago. Yeah. While my other half trimmed my beard down. She takes me out into the garden uh, and our house is quite overlooked. I have to take my top off, which I'm not happy about. And my beard is cut in the middle of the lawn and uh and she trims it down. She's pretty good at it to be honest. She's been doing it for 15 plus years now. She uh she trims it down and until she's happy with the length it is, and then I cry again.
0: And does the Met Office have to report yeah. beard cuttings yeah. floating across the beach in well, Brighton? That, yeah, they do. The outlook is for showers yeah. without yeah. breaks of Joe Wilkinson <laughs> yeah, yeah. beard tumbleweed.
1: <laughs> uh, sadly, yeah.
0: Well, I have to say, it's in fine fettle today. Thank um you. We can have a look at the dessert menu, but for now, I'm going to say, Joe Wilkinson, thank you very much for letting me take you out to lunch. Thank
1: you for having me. I've loved it. What Excellent. a lovely time. Thank you very much.
0: Is it better than Chatterbix first thing in the morning?
1: Do you know what, I'm doing this every day, I think.
0: (laughs) Good call. So what do you think about Joe and me creating a spin-off Daily Out to Lunch. We could, I don't know, call it Out for Pack lunch and wander through train stations getting sausage roll crumbs down our fronts. Delicious. Uh, while you ponder that, give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. And please do share this with everybody you know and a few people you don't. Also, do comment and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to continue making more of the episodes you love. Out to Lunch is a Something Else and Jay Rayner production. The music was written, arranged, and performed by me, Jay Rayner, and Robert Reckenberg. The recording engineer was Gulliver Tickle and the mix engineer was Jay Beal. The producer of this episode was Bethany Hocken, the senior producer is Selena Ream and the executive producer is Ollie Wilson. Next time I'll be attempting to prize the juiciest of stories from journalist and author Marina Hyde.
1: We'd bring Archie Hamilton and say they found this amazing chimp in you know in some zoo in or whatever that can communicate we'd love you to sit an intelligence test against this chimp would you be a-? and it was only after a while that he suddenly realized what was happening.